hey bosses, this episode was so good and it ended up being an hour and a half just because we dove into so many topics ranging from traveling around Sri Lanka, Lisbon, Portugal, the differences between Bali, Barcelona, and why he hated uh, Morocco. And we talked about minimalism and family and You know, I share a story about my father that I never shared before, and he talks about his work and all these really deep topics. The first 20 minutes, we talk about dropshipping because that's how we met through my free course, Dropship Lab. He's also a member of Anton's course. But after that, we dive so deep into so many topics. So make sure you listen to this whole episode. You're really going to love it. Here's Curtis Fields. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey, bosses. This is Johnny FD, and welcome to episode 257 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here with Curtis Fields. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Johnny. It's very, I'm honored to be here. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much, sir. Well, I'm excited to have you and excited to know you're a real person because I've already seen you online. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the uh, ongoing theme in uh, uh, the Dropship Lab group. Uh, people seem like I'm not real, but yeah, here I am, everybody <laughs> in the flesh. All right. Well, I guess one big question to get out of the way is like, wh- why is your profile just nothing but, <laughs> but screenshots of your dashboard? Well, um, I do, uh, I do help a lot of, um, the people in the group behind the scenes. Um, as you know, Johnny, one, one issue that can come up is that you get overwhelmed with so many requests for help. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced that numerous times. Um, even in, uh, the DSL group that I'm part of, uh, I I've gotten people hitting me up every single day and, you know, I'm a dad, I have a home, I have a girlfriend. I have all this stuff, full-time jobs. So I would love to help everybody, but, um, but you know, I try to, I try to do my best, but I, I do post a lot of the, um, the screenshots as far as like, uh, you know, what I'll make in sales this day or that day, just because I want to give people motivation that this does work. And if you do work hard, you can't have these same results. You know, I'm nobody special. I'm just a regular guy and anybody can do this if they put the work in. That's cool. And I do think it's, it's very motivating. I remember when I was first starting out, I mean, this is back in like 2013, just the fact that other people in the group were making sales, it made me feel like, okay, I should probably put in some work and upload some, some products, you know, turn on my ads, call the suppliers and kind of do the things I knew I should have, I should be doing. Mm-hmm, I just, just like secretly was afraid that I was wasting my time or I was going to fail. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I hear what you're saying. And um, one of the main points that uh, a lot of people get hung up on, and I'm sure you, uh, you know, this as well as contacting suppliers. That's probably the number one question I get people, you know, they'll message me and say, Hey, how, how do you do this? How do you contact people? I mean, I'm so nervous getting on the phone. And, you know, I I try to talk them through it. Um, I had a little bit of a hack when I did this when I joined Anton's course and and anybody listening, I mean, I, I know you, Johnny, you're a huge fan of uh, Anton's method, his uh, dropship lifestyle. So if anybody's listening, I, I highly recommend that you uh, look up Anton's course because it's it's a game changer. I mean, you know, this goes back, what, nine, ten years when he launched that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been just 
and absolutely fantastic, just full of value. And I, I highly recommend if anybody wants to start a dropship business, definitely reach out and uh, get his course. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that recommendation. Uh, if you guys do want to join, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. We we'll just go to AntonMethod.com. But so I'm assuming you signed up for the course. How long ago? Yeah, I I signed up on January 8th of this year, and I've been following your podcast for a couple of years, Johnny. And I've heard you talk about um, drop shipping and Anton's course and all that. So I, I was familiar with it, but you know. Of course, I'm, I was one of those people who sort of put it off. You know, I had a, like I said, I have a full-time job. I have a family and things of that sort. So um, when, when January came, uh, my girlfriend and I scheduled a trip to, uh, to, to Thailand in Bali. And right before I left, I said, you know what? Let me pull the trigger on this. Let me just buy the course and then I'll watch the uh, videos and then um, just kind of build the store as I'm on vacation. And it's funny when I got to uh, Bangkok is kind of when I started, um, you were actually <laughs> there around the same time we were. <laughs> I think I reached out to you, but you're, you're a pretty busy guy. So it's all good. But you had gone to the hive. Um, I think there was that co-working space there in Bangkok. Uh-huh. And uh, I saw your video there and I was like, you know what? I told my girlfriend, I said, Hey, let's go over here to this um, co-working space and let's get started. You know, even though I'm on vacation, I was just hungry. You know, I was eager to get going with this, with this uh, dropship business. So um, I kind of started on vacation. I mean, even when we got to Bali, um, I had been there twice before, but my, it was my girlfriend's first time. So we get to this, this really awesome villa and I'm sitting by the pool. You know, it's that quintessential picture of, you know, the person sitting by the pool with their laptop. <laughs> so that was me, but I was working, man. I was calling suppliers, like, you know, off hours. I was building the site, watching the modules, just going step by step. So even though it was a time where I was supposed to be enjoying myself, I, I was hungry. I wanted to get started right away. So yeah, I bought it January 8th. And then with all the hard work I put in, um, I ended up launching on February 27th. Wow. That's cool. And that was just earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, it was just this year. So yeah, January 8th, 2020. I I even put all this stuff in my calendar, like when I bought the course, when I started this module, when I got this supplier, when I did this, like I I cataloged all of it. So yeah, it was February 27th, I officially launched. And that first day, I I got my first sale on the first day. So wow, cool. I was I was so excited, man. (laughs) Yeah, where were you? Um, I was well, I was at work, actually. Um, I work for a, a grocery distribution center here in Phoenix. And I've been here almost 17 years now. So I have a instant union job, I have a lot of seniority. Um, now my job is pretty cushy. So it's more clerical. And I get five months off a year. I have a pension, <laughs> I have all that stuff. Yeah, seriously, man. So I, I can I can pretty much drop whatever I want, and just go someplace for like a month and not even look back and then come back to work and people say, Oh, hey, Curtis, how was your vacation? Oh, it was great. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, I have a pretty easy going life and, um, yeah, with, uh, this dropship business, I'm, I'm, I definitely got it started early, launched February 27th. And then when I got that first sale, I was actually at work, um, running an order, um, cause you have to stack groceries on top of pallets. And I was going down the uh, aisles and then my phone went off. My Shopify, you know, does the uh, cha-ching. <laughs> yeah. And it went off, man. And I was so excited. And I still remember the cut. Like, I don't remember most of my customers' names, but I still remember 
the name of my first customer still to this day. Wow. Well, shout out to that customer. What, what state were they in? I, uh, they were in, I don't know if I should give his name out, but they were in Mississippi. Okay. That's yeah. crazy. Well, shout out to that customer, but it, it, it is, it is crazy. I remember my first sale was, I think it was at like two in the morning. It was super late at night. I was already dead asleep, but I left my phone on so mm-hmm. I can take customer service calls just in case anyone called. <laughs> and I, I saw that new sale notification. And I thought, Oh my God, like I need to go fulfill this. So I got out of bed, walked across the street to pun space, the coworking space I was at yeah. in Chiang Mai. And I just mm-hmm. sat at the computer thinking, okay, how do I fulfill this? Like, what do I, exactly. what do, I do? <laughs> I, like, I, did, I just didn't even think that far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was so nervous. Like I was excited. I mean, I quickly excited when you get your first sale. But then, yeah, I got really nervous because I'm like, oh, shit. Now I have to fulfill this thing. What am I going to do? <laughs> so, yeah, you kind of, you definitely, you know, you, you uh, kind of figure out the ins and outs and you, and you definitely make it work. So, yeah, man, it's exciting when you actually go to bed like you did out there and uh, you get your first sale when you're asleep. That's exciting stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, how much was that order for? It was, I want to say it was around 430 something. Okay. And what do you think yeah, the profit like, margin was on that? Or how, how much was the profit on that? For that, um, I, for some of my suppliers, I think I have 35 total now, but one of, I think half of them, I have like a, a special dealer promo code. So I just go on their website and place the order for this particular one. The other half of my suppliers, I actually have email the, um, one, the contact at that company. So, um, I think my profit on that one was about 60 bucks, I okay. would say. So, but that was after shipping. Cause I do my own shipping labels, um, through Shopify. Um, cause they do, it's funny because when I first started, they actually, I think they had just launched Shopify shipping where you can actually download your own label. So that definitely helped me out. And what's funny is, um, my suppliers are really grateful about that because, um, I, I would do my own labels, but sometimes I would also ship on their account. And they told me to say, Hey, if you, if you can print the or not print the labels, but if you can download them yourself and just send them to us in a PDF, that would save so much time and energy for us. So they greatly appreciated it. So now I just do my own label, but yeah, on that one sale, it was about 60 bucks. Cool. And I remember, I think mine was just, just around there as well. And I remember celebrating so much and thinking, Oh my God, this is going to change my life. And then I told, you know, <laughs> my, my parents or some friends about the sale I made. And it was all, all, right around that same price range and profit margin as well. Right. And they said to me, Johnny, that's only 60 bucks. Like, who cares? You know, like, <laughs> make, make more yeah. than that per day at work. Yeah. But yeah. It, it wasn't just that, right? Like, what, like why was no. that so special? Yeah. Well, because, you know, when you put so much hard work, especially into the, you know, dropship business, your work, I mean, you don't see you're not getting paid hourly, right? You're just working. You know, there, there isn't somebody like a, a full-time jobs where your boss is paying you hourly. You don't have that. So yeah, it might've been a small sale and maybe a small profit margin or whatnot, but that's a huge success because that kind of, that pretty much confirms what you're doing is working. And the more and more and the harder and harder you work, it's just going to get better. So I think, yeah, people might say, Oh, it's only $60 or whatnot. But yeah, to you, starting this business from scratch and just putting your blood, sweat and tears into it. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a game changer, especially if you 
mean, like you said, John, you were in Thailand at the time. So, I mean, $60 goes a long way <laughs> yeah. in that part of the world. So, yeah, that's a huge deal, man. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And what I did was I did the math and I thought, okay, well, this is working now. If I can get one sale a day, mm-hmm. you know, 60 times 30, that's $1,800. And that's, that's awesome. more, more than enough. That's almost, that's double what I was spending living in Thailand. So right then I thought, okay, this could be my full-time job. And if I can spend the time and energy to scale it up and make two sales a day or three sales a day, Mm -hmm. that's going to replace my U.S. salary while being location independent and time independent. Absolutely. Yeah, you're definitely right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, of course I still live here in the U.S., um, but it'll be nice, you know, when, once I do travel, I can kind of make some money on the side. So if we were to go somewhere, then the trip will just pay for itself. But yeah, I mean, what do they call it? Geo arbitrage where yeah. you, um, I know you talk about that a lot, but yeah, you were, you were in the perfect position. So yeah, if anybody is looking to do this, I mean, and you've said it plenty of times in your podcast, Johnny, with uh, you and your guests that, yeah, if you want to do this business model, you know, move to a place that has a great quality of life. I know you talk about Chiang Mai a lot and that's definitely one place I still want to get to. Um, still haven't been there yet, but I would definitely love to get up there. But yeah, if anybody's thinking about doing this, yeah, and you have the, uh, you know, the desire and you have no ties back at home and you want to get out there and, and have a great quality of life and, and bank some money, this is the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I do have a question. If you have this cushy job, why even start this on the side? I mean, why like waste your vacation when you could have just been, you know, lounging by the pool in Bali? Why did you spend your vacation building a business? Like why even do this? mm -hmm, That's a good question. Um, What's funny is um, my, my girlfriend, Mindy, she, she actually inspired me because she works remotely with her job. Um, She works for a a security company, Uh, but she, she was always working from home, of course. And I was always leaving. I, I, I would get up at two in the morning to go to work. So I got up wow. two in the morning, I'd shower, and then I'd have to hit the road because I'm 30 minutes away from my job. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting up, going to work, and I, as I'm walking out the door, like, I'm thinking, man, you know, my girlfriend, she, she gets to stay home, work, and kind of enjoy the day. And, of course, she does work really hard. And, but, you know, I, that sort of inspired me. I, I wanted more time at home. Uh, with with her with my daughter and I just I didn't want to work I mean I was working 80 hours a week running orders at my job so I just wanted to to think to myself okay what if I can start a business and part of it too was I wanted to call something my own I had never really built anything from scratch to say that it was all mine Um, I was never in that position in my life so with this I could build something and call it my own and make some money doing it and then once I started to become profitable, I basically, I, I scaled down my hours at work. So now I'm only working 40 hours a week and my job is a lot easier on my body. Cause I mean, running orders at my job, it's, it's all manual labor. So, and I've been doing it for almost 17 years. So my back started to go out, my knees were hurting. It was really painful for me to wake up in the morning. My body was aching. And I just said, man, there's gotta be a, an easier way to do this. You know, I got to, if I can start this business and make it work and make some money doing it, I can take a cushier job at my work and just have more time at home instead of working 80 hours a week, you know, seven days a week, six days a week. But, you know, th- this was my, when I, when, when I saw these uh, modules that uh, Anton 
um, talks about, and I know you talk about his course a lot. When I when I first logged on and I'm I'm doing him, I was just hooked, man. You know, I I needed to make it work, and people ask me how how'd you do it, and it's like it's not that I didn't have a choice. I mean, I still had a job and I was still in a pretty good position, but I knew what was at stake. What was at stake was my health and more importantly, my time too. Like I wanted more time at home with my kid and, and my girlfriend. And I just, I knew what was at stake. And because of that, that was the driving force for me to, for me to do this for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. So when did you start skinning back your hours? Um, let's see. I started, yeah, I launched February 27th. I started scaling back my hours probably, let's see, March was an okay month, April, May, probably by May, I'd say around May or the end of May to the middle of June. So that's when I started to become really profitable around that time um, to where I could, you know, it sort of replaced my my income from my job. Not, I was making more with my my online business than I was at my regular job and that's still the case today. So then I was like, okay, I can scale back the hours and just, you know, work my 40 and then leave. And then once I come home, I can, you know, maybe put another hour or two into the business and then I can just sit on the couch. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, cool. it, 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 enab- it enables you to uh, definitely get your time back for sure. So what did your coworkers say? Or, or do they even know about this? They, they do. Um, I told them about it. Um, it was funny, right after I got that first sale at work, uh, one of my coworkers was like, what are you so happy about? <laughs> and I told him about the, the business that I have. And he's like, oh, that's pretty awesome. And then um, word got around and some people started asking me about it. And uh, I've even had um, a few guys at my job purchase. So, um, but yeah, it got around and people are asking me, how do you do this? How do you do this? And I actually recommended Anton's course to them. I'm like, hey guys, I, I can try to help you out and give you all the answers, but there's somebody who knows this a lot better than I do. And that's Anton, you know, he, he's the mastermind. He's the owner of all this and he's my mentor. And, and as, as you, Johnny, you're my mentor too, because listening to both of you guys, you have completely changed my life. So, so I tell anybody if they want to get in this business, definitely reach out to you guys. for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, I get a lot of slack for pushing Anton's course so hard. I mean, I do get a commission from it. So it is a nice incentive for me to talk about his course. Mm-hmm. But even if I never got paid anything, I would still recommend his course to people because it really oh. changed my life. And really, it's oh, so absolutely. much easier than me trying to explain like the, the steps to someone because it, you know, it's exactly. like 100 hours of, of video content in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, and this kind of gets back to... Uh, your one of your first questions is like, you know, I, I try to help as many people as I can. And it, it did get overwhelming. You know, I, I, I would work and then come home and then work on my store. And then I was doing like coaching calls, <laughs> like 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. I was kind of like, you know, helping a lot of people in the group and it really got overwhelming. And I, like I said, I, I wish I had a cape man, you know, I, I wish I can help everybody. But I, I said the same thing you did. I said, Hey, I didn't do anything differently. I did exactly what, you know, Anton and Johnny told me to do. I went through the modules. I did exactly what it said. And, and if you do that, if you follow that blueprint and you put the work in, of course, you know, you can follow it, but you really do have to put the work in and you're not going to get paid immediately. If you do that, you will be successful, period, period. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So what made you even want to um, spend that time and energy helping people? Well, I, 
I, I've always been that way. I've always, I, I, I really enjoy helping people out, especially if it's, um, you know, if I'm doing well in something and I can provide value, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of just providing value to people. Uh, and you and Anton definitely taught me that. I mean, I've, you, you guys provide so much value to the world, especially with drop shipping and, and you, Johnny, with traveling and drop shipping. So I, I definitely want to try to help out as many people as I can answering various questions or even jumping on the phone with people. And, um, you know, I, it, it's, it brings me a lot of joy to do that. So I'm always happy to do it. Of course, you know, there are times where I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm a little tired. I, you know, I want to hang out with my daughter and my girlfriend, this and that. So like I said, I wish I can help everybody, but I definitely do what I can. And I really do enjoy it very much. Yeah. You, you actually remind me of, of myself when I was kind of first starting out. I, I just really genuinely wanted other people to be able to live this life that, that I had mm-hmm. kind of stumbled Absolutely. upon. But to be honest, after a while, I just got tired of it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm spending so much time helping other people. And the worst part of it was 90% of the time, they just wouldn't even do what I told them to do, even though it was, it was good, solid advice that would, that would you know, make them money. They just you know, come up with excuses or they get lazy. It, it, exactly. It, that is frustrating when you are helping somebody. It, it's, it's two things, right? The first thing is when you're helping somebody and they are taking every bit of advice you, and you see them succeed and that's really satisfying. You're like, oh man, you, you feel really good for them. You do. And of course, there's the other side where you give advice and you're trying to help them out and then they, they either don't take the advice and or they sort of bite you on the advice a bit. Yeah. Um, there was one... I'm not going to get into names or anything like that, but yeah, I was helping somebody and you know, uh, I never ask anybody what their store is. They always volunteer. I'm like, Hey, you don't have to tell me, but they, they showed me their store and I, I looked it over and I said, Hey, um, there's a lot of things wrong with this. So I kind of started, you know, you know, labeling out, Hey, you got to do this, do this, do this. And they were fighting me on it. And I said, Hey, I'm, I'm just trying to help you. You know, you don't have to take my advice if you don't want to. It's up to you, but I'm just, I'm here to provide value. So they, they changed a couple of things, but they kept some other things the same. Um, but you know, it, it, that just kind of goes to the territory, as you know, Johnny, whenever you're trying to help people, um, some people are just going to go all in and follow your advice and, and then stick to it and be successful and others will fight with you a bit on it. So, you know, I think yeah. it just kind of goes with the territory. <laughs> yeah, tooth and nail. And, and were you charging these people for these calls? Uh, you know, I never charge anybody. Um, maybe I should, <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't charge anybody. I just give my time um, yeah. because like I said, I do, I do want to help people succeed. There's somebody I am helping. And um, of course, I'm not going to give any info, but yeah, they actually ended up getting their first sale um, just last week. Oh, nice. Um, after I talked about tweaking a couple things. So it's stuff like that. They were super excited. They reached out to me. And that, that kind of stuff just warms my heart because I, you know, I, I do want to see people who get into this be successful. And um, kind of getting back to what you talked about before, when I, I, I'm kind of the person, yeah, you can post the successes, but there's also things that do happen where it's kind of shitty, right? Like, I mean, I remember I did one post in the group where I, I had a, a shit ton of returns that day <laughs> because of, uh, you know, some of my suppliers didn't get uh, some inventory in time. And I, I think I had like, what, two or $3,000 in returns. I'm just like, hey guys, and I posted that shot. I'm like, hey guys, this does happen. It's not all glamorous, you know? Mm-hmm. You're gonna deal with a lot of, different risks and things like that when it comes to drop shipping for sure. Yeah. 
I could definitely agree. And it was good that you posted that. But at the end of the day, it balances out. Like on oh, yeah. average, how much are you making per month in profit now? Um, I would say probably anywhere between eight to 9,000 nice. per month, I would say. That's crazy. After That's ads. Like, yeah. yeah, after ads. I would say after ad spend and, uh, you know, subscription fees and, and some shipping and things like that, it's probably around eight to 9,000 a month with with Q4 coming up, I mean, it, I mean, everybody does well in Q4. So with Black Friday and Christmas season, um, hopefully I have a, a pretty good month there or a few months. But now it's getting to the point where I, and you talk about this too, Johnny, like hiring a VA for customer service. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I deal with a lot of, uh, not a lot of customer issues or questions, but, you know, it's a fair amount. And I'm like, man, I should just take Johnny's advice and outsource this stuff, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It it definitely takes uh, some weight off your shoulders and frees up some more time when you you can do it. Yeah. So you basically created yourself a six figure income on top of what you're making at your normal job. Yes. It's, I mean, it's remarkable. Like it really is something that would not have been possible you know, 20 years ago in our, in our parents' generation. Like we're very oh, lucky this is possible. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, so, so, so during uh, like COVID, d- did your normal job shut down at all or were you an essential worker? Yeah, I was an essential worker. So yeah, I, I do work for um, Albertson Safeway um, or, you know, in some other parts of the country, it's in Bonds or Ralph's. So um, yeah, I work for them. So I was an essential worker. So they did keep the warehouse open. Um, of course they have like, like, uh, they have the COVID screening shacks outside where, you know, I get tested for, you know, temperature. I'm asked a bunch of questions before I enter the facility. So, um, for, yeah, the grocery business, they, they're taking it extremely seriously as, as most places are, of course. So, um, yeah, they didn't shut down. So, uh, but I was working, you know, what geez, like 80 hours a week, you know, here and there. And, uh, especially in the height here in Arizona, because it got really bad. We were almost, I think it got to one point in July where we were number one in the country for COVID cases, um, wow. a little bit ahead of New York. So it got really bad here in Arizona. But yeah, I mean, I I powered through it. And, you know, uh, of course, people are at home and, and shopping and, and staying quarantined. So, but yeah, the grocery business, and usually during the summertime, it's a little bit slower if there wasn't COVID, it's just slower because, you know, it's hot. And um, usually the frozen perishable side is, is a lot busier, but I work in dry goods. So just in general, though, the summer is pretty slow. But because of COVID, I mean, we were selling out of everything. To, you know, of course, the running joke, toilet paper, paper towels, <laughs> sanitizer, medicine, uh, you name it, water. I mean, we we're shipping it out by the pallets. It, it wow. was insane. So it kept me pretty, pretty busy. Yeah, I can definitely see that. But I'm sure people appreciated, you know, you and also the kind of the whole team continuing to work because if it wasn't for all of you guys, there would be no food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I'm pretty, uh, and I'm pretty lucky that I, I, I didn't come down with, um, you know, COVID at all. Like, you know, I, I, I generally get tested regularly. And my work is pretty good about keeping things sanitized because we work with a lot of, uh, you know, forklifts and pallet jacks. And we have a special company that comes in and they spray everything down. The bathrooms, the, 
doorknobs, the rails, everything, you name it, they spray it down. So they're taking it very seriously. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I never contracted it. Um, but you know, I'm pretty safe around work and safe at home. And of course, with me having a daughter and, um, a girlfriend, like I just, I, I don't want to get them exposed because of course they, you know, they get to stay at home and stay quarantined. I'm the one who has to go out and I'm constantly exposing myself. Right. So I would feel horrible if I got one of them sick. So I, I really do take it seriously. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's a dangerous uh, situation, but it's, it's good that they're taking the precautions and everything's safe. Uh, as far as, you know, working in a warehouse, I understand how difficult it is. Uh, I don't think I've ever talked about this before, but my dad used to work in a shipping warehouse and he was, you know, driving the forklift, stacking you know things. And it was really hard, tough manual labor. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. yeah. And my oh, dad's my. always, you know, he's always been in such good shape, just like his entire mm-hmm. life. I remember just thinking my dad was like rock solid all the time. Mm-hmm, and unfortunately, yeah. when I was, I think I was in college and my dad was probably, I want to say like 45 or, you know, kind of around that age. There was an accident at, in the shipping warehouse where he had been telling his, his boss for weeks saying like, we can't stack these pallets so high, you know, it's dangerous. And the boss just kept having excuses saying like, yeah, you know, I, I know, but we just need to, you know, we don't have room. We just need to get this stuff out. Oh man. And unfortunately it, it fell, crushed his leg. He got, Oh sent my to the goodness. ER. And it really like, I, I was so worried. I was, I remember I was eight Jeez. hours away in Southern California. I got the call yeah. saying my dad's in the hospital. I was like going to get in the car and start driving. And luckily my, I think it was my sister called and said like, Hey, you know, it's okay. Just, just come up, you know, over the weekend. I know it was like final exams or something that week. And luckily like he, he was okay, but you know, basically after that, he just couldn't work anymore, you know, cause it's such a tough mm-hmm. manual labor job. Yeah, man, that's, that's awful. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen my fair share of accidents in the warehouse. Um, but yeah, man, it's especially with, um, you know, his boss's negligence, you know, in saying that I, that, that is so unfortunate, man. Yeah. I, you know, it, warehouse work is, is great, but like at, over time it does wear on your body. Even my stepdad, he works for a warehouse. He, I think he works for FedEx and, um, he's got to have like a double knee surgery. Both of his knees are gone and yeah. his back is going out. And yeah, so it just the everyday grind of doing it, um, it, it eventually does get to you. And, and like I said before, that's, one of the reasons why I started this too, like now I have a clerical position at work. So it's a lot easier on my body. I don't have to be in the warehouse, you know, bending over and picking up, you know, 90 pound boxes and this and that, and, you know, getting possibly getting injured with, you know, uh, the equipment. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Is your dad okay? Like, did he, what, what happened with that? Did he and just yeah, didn't so- work after that you said? Well, what was crazy is, so my dad, you know, he's like a very like, honorable guy, you know, and mm-hmm. he basically, you know, the, the, that, that boss, the owner of the company came, came to visit him in the hospital and it was like, yeah. he came with like a $10,000 check or something saying like, it was oh, almost kind of a, like a bribe saying like, yeah. please don't sue us, you know? Oh my gosh. The balls on that guy. Wow. Yeah. Sheesh. And I, I, I told my dad, I was like, you need to sue the crap out of this guy because you're not going to be able to work and you yeah. need money somehow. And my dad just refused, you know, he's like, you know, old school and he's like, no, I don't want to sue them. He's like, all I want is to be guaranteed a job, you know, so I can go back there afterwards. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily that, that guy, he, he kept his word and, he, you know, he gave him a, like a, I don't know, I don't think it was a clerical job, but it was something that he can do even with yes. a, you know, a messed up leg. And yeah, my dad worked in there five or 10 years and then retired. Mm-hmm. But okay. I still think he should have sued. De- yeah, <laughs> yeah, he definitely should have that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I can't believe that. Well, I'm glad he got through that. And he he's okay, and um, you know it, that. Yeah, that's so unfortunate when that happens. It's uh, I've I've had one accident at work. Um, you know, I think it was about five or six years ago, where a pallet, one that they call it a blue chep pallet. It's like those heavy blue pallets. I mean, they're probably what eighty pounds easy. And it fell from about 20 feet above and hit me in the shoulder. And um, man, that hurt. <laughs> yeah. And that put me out for a little while. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're okay as well. Yeah, yeah. That man, yeah. that put me out. I, I want to ask you, Johnny, because yeah. I've been following you on um, on your like Instagram stories and things like that. And man, you've inspired me to want to go to Sri Lanka. I mean, I see you're out there just you know, you're adding so much value to the, to that country and to those people. And I'm, I'm watching your YouTube videos and things of that sort. How's everything going out there, man? It looks great. Yeah. So I, I've been here since February. So it's been eight months now and mm-hmm. I'm unaf- actually no, not even unofficially. I'm officially uh, working with the Sri Lanka tourism board that they, they sponsored me to go around for, the, for two weeks to film with them. And my, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And I've actually accidentally become a full-time YouTuber. <laughs> I basically decided, <laughs> like, during the lockdown, I started making, you know, YouTube videos every day. And it was about, you know, about mm-hmm. a bunch of, like, random stuff. You know, I finally told the story about my, my gold watch, about uh, how I saved up for that, the challenge for that. And then I was basically just making videos every other day. And that's when I d- decided to make the free course, Dropship Lab, and just yeah. decide, you know what, like, I am so tired of, you know, people having excuses on why they can't uh, start a dropshipping store. And I know that Anton's course is expensive and not everybody can afford it. So I thought, right. okay, I have two months, you know, I'm in Sri Lanka. Uh, everything's kind of closed. Uh, let me just dump, you know, do a brain dump. And I, and I, and I, yes. <laughs> I was very specific with what I was willing to do and what I was willing not to do. So I said, okay, I wrote out an outline and I'm like, okay, I can do this in 13, you know, 40 minute videos or something. And I'm going to put it all out there. I'm not going to hold anything back. Uh, but I'm going to tell people I'm not going to hold, hold their hand. I'm not going to answer individual questions because I just don't have the time or energy to do it, but I'll create a, a, a group where people can help each other. There will be all the knowledge in the videos. And if they need anything else, they can ask each other or if they want mm-hmm. their handheld or they want to see like screen shares, they can join Anton's course. And right, right. that's kind of when I, started uh, actually earning money on YouTube is, you know, I think I started making like 500 bucks a month from it, which, you know, which is pretty good. But I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, um, this isn't, you know, really enough to, to live off of even in Sri Lanka. Uh, but then my travel videos around Sri Lanka started taking off for whatever reason. And last month I made two grand from it. I was like, this is incredible. Like I'm, I'm really doing something I love doing. Uh, mm-hmm. People, the Sri Lanka people really appreciate me making videos about, you know, what their country, their country has to offer because everybody right. knows Bali, but Sri Lanka honestly has way more to offer. I mean, there's safaris oh, yeah. here, there's wild elephants here, there's leopards, there's, you know, just like there's all these amazing parts of it that there's no one's seen before. So I'm super glad that I got stuck here accidentally <laughs> during, during COVID. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome. Cause yeah, I, I watch your videos and 
I mean, yeah, you're, you're just, I mean, you're being a boss out there, man. You're working with the right people and the Sri Lankan people look incredibly friendly, welcoming that, that entire country, all the content you put out has definitely inspired me to go there. I think that's probably the first place I'm going to go once COVID goes away and the world opens back up to us again. I would definitely, um, my girlfriend and I have been talking about it, but um, we definitely want to go to Sri Lanka because we, we did go to Bali. Um, like I said, it was, this was back in January and it was my second time there. I, I liked it the first time, but this time it was, I don't know. And you know, it, it's, man, it, it's gotten so busy, so overrun. Um, a lot of it was really a lot more dirty than last time. And, you know, I don't want to talk shit on it, but, you know, looking at Sri Lanka, I'm like, man, this looks like Bali times 10, just 10 times better. So, yeah, looking at all the content you put out, Johnny, and all the value you're bringing to that country. I mean, I it's inspired me to go there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. And I always tell people like Sri Lanka really is the better version of Bali in many ways. Mm -hmm. It's just not as famous. And the travel infrastructure isn't quite there yet. So there just aren't as many options for accommodation or there's not, you know, uh, it's just like, it's a little bit more kind of rustic to get around. It's yeah. almost like what Bali was probably 10, you know, 10, mm -hmm. 20, maybe even 30 years ago, but that's the right. charm of it for me. Like, exactly. it's, you know, there's not, you know, 50 people like yelling at you to take a tour or, um, you know, selling you crap on the beach. Like there's nobody's like, for some reason, every beach I go to besides like maybe one or two, like they're empty and I'll walk on the beach and not even just during the COVID, but like even during the peak season when I was here before the lockdown, I would go to these, some of these stunning beaches. I just look around thinking like, why is there nobody here? And it's just because they have such, you know, so many options and mm -hmm. the locals don't really go to the beach because it's, you know, it's not really part of their culture to swim or, you know, get darker, but and there's not mm -hmm. that many tourists and, there's just so many undiscovered places that it's, it really is like the undiscovered Bali. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Cause when I watch those videos, yeah, like you said before, you're on the beach and it's just you and maybe, you know, a stray dog will run by and you're playing with the dog or whatnot. I'm, I'm looking around at the video like, wow, that place looks stunning, man. Johnny's living it up out there, <laughs> you know, staying at all these nice places and uh, yeah, exploring the country. But man, it, it looks stunning. I would, I definitely want to go there for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it, it just looks, and like you said, I think that's part of the charm because it's not, it doesn't have that infrastructure like a lot of other places, but I think that's charming. Like you said, I think that's part of the adventure, right? Is trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. It might be a little bit rough around the edges to get there, but I think that makes the, I think it's, it's just adventurous. It makes it even more, that much more memorable. You know, if it's too easy, I don't know, it's, it's easily forgettable. But if you go to a place that's a little bit more rough around the edges that you might have to, uh, dig a little deeper or or whatnot i mean those are the trips that you'll definitely remember for sure so yeah i mean looking at the content you put out on your youtube channel about sri lanka i definitely need to get my ass there for sure <laughs> yeah i, I, th I think awesome. a lot of people i think a lot of people have been saying that i think 2021 is going to be the the year that, oh yeah you know hopefully it doesn't get overrun i mean that, that's always kind of the catch-22 is the charm of Sri Lanka is not that many tourists come, but yeah. once it becomes popular, then maybe, you know, the, the next Sri Lanka is going to be, you know, somewhere no one's ever heard of. 
like Papua New Guinea oh, yeah. or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because this isn't the first time you've been there. You went there a couple of years ago. Is that right? Yeah, I went there last year just for a month. Okay. And, and I oh, liked it right. so much that I was like, you know what? Yeah, let, let, let me go again. Nice, nice. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I'll have to get out there for sure. Yeah. And what's crazy, I was, I was here watching a travel video about Hawaii and the nicest beaches. And it was, it was like disgusting how many people were on those beaches. It's like there's no room to even like lay out. Yeah. Like you just live right next to somebody. And I thought this is like the idyllic beaches that people are, you know, spending $300 a night to live, mm-hmm. like, live near. Like it's insane. Yeah, I've been to Hawaii. I went a few years ago, I think about three years ago. We were actually talking about going, um, my girlfriend and I, and bringing my daughter with us. But um, yeah, we were talking about it. But yeah, man, they still have the 14-day quarantine, I believe. You get there and you have to stay there for two weeks. So, you know, but we're trying to figure out where else we could possibly go sometime maybe next year when things let up a little bit. But um, because my daughter, she actually recently got her passport not too long ago. So I want to try to bring her to an international destination because I want her to have that travel bug. I think she does. She's yearning for it. Like she wants to do it. So I want to, it's just in my blood too. So I want her to kind of, you know, she's, she's 11 now. So I want her to really appreciate it and, and get out there and start seeing the world. So I'm trying to slowly uh, uh, introduce her to that. So we'll see what happens. Well, if you bring her out here, take her on a surfboard because like for 11 year olds, they can pick it up oh, yeah. so quickly. Like it's, really? it, it embarrasses us. Yeah. Like I, I see kids <laughs> on their first lesson, they, you know, like, in the, you know, either like usually what happens is either right away, they kind of, you know, get it or they, you know, fall a bunch of times. They get kind of frustrated, but as long as they just keep going and say like, okay, let me just, let me keep trying. They pick it up and within two or three days, they can surf <laughs> and it takes, it took really? me like three months to be able to stand up. Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. it's because, I mean, cause they're, they're so small and light and their center of, center of, um, of gravity is so low mm-hmm. that like, it's just so much easier for them. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Hey, yeah. If you, if you want to see a comedy show, tr- just watch me try to surf. It's laughable. I can't even, <laughs> I'm always flipping over. I can't even get on the board. Like it, it truly is comical. <laughs> Well, you can sip on a coconut while, while she does the lesson. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Yeah, I, I would like to try to learn how to surf, but, um, and I, I know you're an avid diver, and I actually just started getting into that a little bit. Um, I think I've only been on maybe five or six dives in my life, but, um, but yeah, I know you've done that a lot, John, in listening to uh, your podcasts. I mean, you, you're very experienced in that world, so that's something I... I did it once and I was hooked and I, my, um, my girlfriend and I, we went to St. Martin. This was last January. So January, yeah, it was January of 2019. We went to St. Martin and we did some diving there and it was her first time and she fell in love with it. She, and it was one of those dives where they kind of take you offshore, but they have like an underwater setup where they have railings. You know, it's kind of like a beginner's course where you dive under and you hold onto those railings and you just kind of walk. But of course, you're still, you've got, you have the gear on and everything. You know that whole spiel. But okay. yeah, I took her to one of those because she was really nervous. But man, after she got out of the water, she's like, I want to do this more and more. So, nice. I, you know, I, I, I got hooked on it. And, you know, I, I've, done, I've been to a few places. I dove in, in Hawaii and Greece and, um, and St. Martin. Um, 
but yeah, I, I definitely want to to do it a lot more for sure. And looking at, I remember you were in Playa del Carmen and you did some diving in those cenotes. Yeah. Tell me about that because that looked incredible. Yeah. So, so cenotes, for those uh, who haven't heard of the term, they're basically underwater caves. And the difference between a cave and a cenote is technically a cenote, you, you always have an, an exit where you can, you can surface. However, in Mexico, you know, their kind of laws are pretty lax. So they, yeah. you know, you, sometimes you'll be swimming for like, you know, five minutes, you know, with a, in an overhead environment where you can't go up. There's, you know, rock, you know, above you. And you can, you know, kind of see where the exit is. But <laughs> if you get stuck or if you, you know, lose your, you know, like you know, lose your regulator or something happens, like it, you can drown there. And oh, it was it, even as a really experienced diver, I was like, man, this is this is like some pretty uh, pretty intense stuff. It's beautiful. Really? I think there's a few cenotes that I would recommend. You know, people dive, but there's there's a couple that even for me, I, I regret doing because it was just <laughs> like it 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 was. I I really like feared for my life. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. My goodness. But beautiful. Like, really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw your photos and uh, there was one, it was like crystal clear and you were underwater and I was like, man, that looks incredible. I want to get there. Because <laughs> I I'd been to, I went through Playa del Carmen on my way to Tulum briefly. This was many years ago. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, doing some diving in those cenotes looks just incredible. So I think I'll probably have to stick with the beginner stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wrote a, a blog post to, you know, kind of like the Johnny's Guide to Toto Carmen on johnnyfd.com. And I think I wrote in there, like the one to the ones to go to the ones to avoid. So I would recommend to everyone to read that because it, it honestly, one of the dives was so bad. It was a place called The Pit which used mm-hmm. to be an Aztec uh, sacrifice or, or burial place where they would just kill people and throw them down this pit. Mm-hmm. And I went with you know, this dive guide who was a, a professional uh, cave diver. So he has experience and it's also his passion, right? Like, you know, some people are just into really extreme stuff uh, and that's just kind of like what they like. And he knew that I was super experienced. So he basically just threw me in and was like, all right, let's go. And he just bombs down to like 35 meters or something like way deeper mm-hmm. than, than we were supposed to go. And that quickly. Yeah. And I get down, I'm trying to chase him cause he's going so fast and I get super disorientated. My body starts building up nitrogen too quickly, which gets you a little bit drunk. And then, you know, as you know, like, you know, sometimes when, you know, when your body's reacting to either alcohol or, you know, some kind of drug and you kind of have a, a second of panic, it just escalates it. Right. And I was looking around and it was pitch black. I couldn't see anything. I didn't know which way it was up. And I knew I was super deep. And I, and I, I was like, all right, like, I'm going to die. Like, I, my, my body was trying to spit out the regulator. And I just told myself, like, no. Like, I physically took two hands and pushed it back in my mouth. And I was like, no, like, you're, this is not the way you're going to die, Johnny. Like, you've had too many oh my gosh. hours of experience. So I basically did what I was not supposed to do. I added a little bit of air to my jacket which kind of like slowly shoots you up, which is a little bit dangerous, but it, I figured it's better than drowning. And I basically just mm-hmm. held on to the regulator and just let it take me to the top. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Jeez. And what was crazy is that was the week that the Joker came out and I really wanted to watch it. 
and I just could not get myself to watch it thinking <laughs> this is like, like, this is not what I need in my life right now. So I waited an entire year and I just watched the Joker last week. Oh my God. You waited a whole year <laughs> to yeah. watch it after that experience. Wow. Yeah. Man, it was a dark that experience. is crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's scary. That's like, man, that's like one of my biggest fears is, I mean, I think along with most people is drowning. I mean, sheesh, that's scary. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was a, a tough one. Uh, but you know, well, side note, did you actually end up liking the Joker? Oh, that's fantastic. It was one of the best yeah. movies ever. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I, I know they try to compare the performances with, uh, with Joaquin and, and Heath Ledger, but I mean, those, both of those performances stand on their own, but I, I enjoyed both movies, but yeah, the, the, the newest Joker for sure was just fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Recommended to everyone <laughs> at home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, what's funny, um, getting back to a place you've been and that you talk highly about is Tbilisi. Now, I, that's a place I would, I almost went there because I, I've actually been to Ukraine. Um, I went to Kiev and also I visited the uh, Chernobyl site. This is back in, I want to say it was April of 2017. Um, I think you were there too, but I'm not sure if you're there around that time, but uh, I actually, uh, heard about, uh, Ukraine from you. Um, but yeah, I went back in, yeah, it was April, 2017, I believe. But yeah, I did. Uh, and I thought Kiev was a fantastic city. I think that's a really, and I know you talk about it a lot, but I think that's like a very underrated kind of off the radar place. Maybe it's coming up now. Maybe more people know about it. Or, I mean, yeah, uh, you know more, more about that than I do. Are more people visiting? I think slowly. I mean, I remember last year when I was there, we had a digital nomad meetup, you know, that had, you know, 10 people. And I, I was shocked to see 10 people there. But at the same time, you know, that was... <laughs> you know, the most people I've ever seen there. I think it's still very underrated. I think most people are still yeah. scared to go to Ukraine, even though it's super safe. I feel way safer in yeah. Ukraine than I do in Los Angeles or even downtown San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially with this like mass exodus out of California with everything going on. So yeah, I when I was in Kiev, I, I really did enjoy it. I was only there for, if I remember, it was only about three days because I did the Chernobyl tour and then I came back to Kiev and I was there for two days. And then I, I, um, I had a choice. I was either going to fly to Tbilisi or I was going to fly to Greece. Um, I, did a, I was going to do Athens and then Santorini. So I actually did Athens and Santorini, um, which I, I did love Athens. I, I think that's another city that sort of surprised me. It really is a, a bit gritty for sure. But I, I did love it. And Santorini, of course, is uh, it's fine. But once again, it's it's one of those Instagram destinations <laughs> where, yeah, yeah. you know, you go there and it's fine. But yeah, it, you know, it was just OK. But I, I think, yeah, getting back to Tbilisi, though, I, I think that's another destination. And you talk about it a lot that I would I would love to go to experience. Yeah, it, it sounds like you like kind of the same type of places that, that I do kind of the off the beaten path you know, uh, underrated, lesser explored places in the world that just, you know, yes. that maybe isn't the most beautiful Instagrammable place, you know, right. like on, on your profile, you know, on your Facebook, like you hardly even have any photos. So I guess Instagram is not really your thing. Uh, but I, I like these places because they have soul. They, f you feel welcome there because there's not that many tourists yet. And you feel kind of like you're pioneering a place that is going to be popular one day or should be popular one day, but just isn't for, yet for some reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there, there's so many 
there are so many places I would like to get to. And um, most of my, all my travel photos and content, it, it is on my Instagram. <laughs> okay. So, you know, yeah, so it's Wayfair 2.0. So if anybody wants to take a look at them, but I post everything there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I love travel photography. I'm taking photos constantly. Anybody who knows me, you know, they, they probably tell me I take too many, <laughs> but, uh, yes, but I, I do like some of those destinations that are a little bit more under the radar. Even when I went to my girlfriend and I took a trip back in November of last year, we went to, um, <laughs> you, I remember listening to one of your older podcasts, you had been to Morocco, right? So we, we were like, Hey, let's go to Marrakesh. So we fly to Marrakesh cause it was like, there a lot of Marrakesh videos were on YouTube and people were talking it up and saying how awesome it was. There no disrespect to the people of Morocco or this, that, and the other. I was only in Marrakesh for a day. So um we flew in, my girlfriend and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> you know, and one one of the things I tell one of the things I tell people is like I know on Instagram and Facebook and all this stuff, like you post, people always post photos of them having such a great time at destination. I'm one of those people where if I go somewhere and I don't like it, I'll tell you straight up, like I, I just fucking hate this place. So yeah, we got to Marrakesh and you know, both Mindy and I looked at each other. We're just like, Oh my God, it's awful here. We, I remember we got out of the airport. It took about, I shit you not like two hours just to get a taxi. Um, I wow. spoke with the gentleman right outside the airport. We were like, hey, can we, we're trying to get into town. We, I had booked this hostel. We had gotten to Marrakesh like around 9 p.m. So it was super late, um, really kind of sketchy. And he made us wait for like two hours for a taxi. He, we finally got one. I'm sure he overcharged us, but you know, we didn't care. We're just like, we want to get to the hostel. So we get to the hostel. And it, it was a very nice hostel, nothing wrong with it. Um, but yeah, we, um, we just decided, hey, let's get some rest tonight. Maybe we'll wake up and feel better and we'll explore the city and kind of get out there and see what's going on. So yeah, so we wake up, you know, we have breakfast, we're out in the streets and, you know, Johnny, I don't know, like we, the, the, like the bazaar and the, the shops and um, things of that sort, these cobblestone streets, like that was all a really cool look. I, I really did enjoy that. And then we got to the main square where people, uh, you know, some people had like, um, and I'm a huge animal lover, love animals. And I have two cats and a dog. And there was a gentleman, he had like, a, um, uh, I'm not sure what type of monkey it was, but it was a monkey. He had a pretty big monkey and it had like shackles around its neck. Oh no, yeah. You know, and he, it was like chained up and the, the chain was, uh, the other part of the shackles was around his wrist. So he always had this monkey chained to him. And he wanted to do like pictures with it and he kept yanking it. And I'm looking at him like, this is awful. And I just had a, a, just a bad, you know, just in the, in the pit of my stomach. Like, I, I don't know, man, this place, I don't like it. And then I remember I took, I took my phone out. I wasn't even trying to take photos. I was checking something on my phone and another person ran up to me and he stuck out his, uh, he had like a hat and he stuck his hat out and he's like requesting money. He's like, yeah, you owe me money. I'm like, well, for what? And he's like, well, you're taking photos. I'm like, I'm not taking pictures. I'm checking my phone. Just because I take my phone out doesn't mean, because if you, if you draw up your phone and you try to take photos of somebody, they instantly want money. And of course, that's not everybody there, but it was, I, it was very aggressive. And, um, 
yeah, we were walking around and, and my girlfriend's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't like this place. And then the final straw for us was we went to a restaurant. And one thing about Marrakesh is they, they have like, for some reason, they have a lot of stray cats running around. So we go to a restaurant. We're like, okay, let's just have a, a nice Moroccan meal. So we sit down, we order lunch. And <laughs> as we're eating, we're, we're looking, we can see the actual kitchen where they were preparing our food. We could see it and like six stray cats run out of the kitchen. And <laughs> her and I look at each other and we're just like, you know what? Fuck this. We <laughs> threw our stuff down. We paid. We went straight to the hostel and we started looking up flights to get the hell out of there. <laughs> so wow. it, it, it came down to two places. So we're looking and flights are pretty cheap. Um, so we were looking at, we we're either going to fly to Berlin. I know you've done uh, a few podcasts about Berlin and, and I know your opinions about Berlin. I would still like to go for sure. But, uh, so it came down to Berlin and Lisbon. So we're looking at each other like, well, you know, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to Berlin or Lisbon? So we chose Lisbon and I'll, I'll tell you what, Johnny, Lisbon completely blew us away. Like it, that city is just awesome. It's like, it kind of reminds me of San Francisco. Yep. Um, I spent a lot of time there, but 10 times better. Um, but yeah, Lisbon was fantastic, man. The city, the people, we got this really nice Airbnb and we settled down and we could walk right out of, out of the apartment. We could literally take like maybe 50 steps and there's a restaurant. We had like, I mean, the wine was delicious. We had like a nice dessert and a, like a charcuterie board for next to nothing. The prices were great. I mean, that city was so charming. I mean, I absolutely loved it. I mean, you've been to Lisbon, right? How'd you like it? Yeah, I've been a few times and I've loved it. It's, it's always been one of my top recommendations of places to live in Europe. It's, it really is. I mean, first, you know, it's the better Barcelona. I would say if, you know. Uh, I, I have to fight you on that one because Bar- yeah. I'll, I'll say this. Barcelona is my favorite city in the world, but I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like it's. I mean, it's cheaper. It's cheaper than Barcelona. There's less people. It's. Uh, I, I would say the Portuguese is a little bit friendlier than than people in uh, yeah. in Barcelona. You know, there's yeah. less tourists. Just like, and and the ocean's way more beautiful because it's a proper ocean. Uh, in Barcelona, you have the seaside, which is nice, but you know, the the ocean near near Lisbon is incredible, and it's less explored. Yes. It's just like the. I I think it's you know, if people like Barcelona, they're gonna really they're gonna love Lisbon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Lisbon, fantastic. I, I really did enjoy it. I'm glad we went to Lisbon um, on that slight detour. But yeah, I, once again, I, I don't want to talk crap about Marrakesh. Like I said, we flew in, didn't like it. We got the hell out of there <laughs> and went to Lisbon. So uh, yeah, we're definitely happy. I, I, I yeah. yeah, it's hard. I mean, there's just some places where I'm sure if, you know, you force yourself to stay there long enough and you got used to the, you know, the pushiness and everything yeah. it, you can get used to it but the thing is like why put ourselves through that <laughs> we could just go somewhere that you know it's welcoming exactly. and people aren't aren't that way like this is why i don't want to go to places like egypt because i know that i'm just going to be mm. annoyed at the pushiness of the culture yeah yeah for sure because when whenever i land in a place i mean uh, you know and, and my girlfriend and i we've talked about this where you just immediately get a vibe like as soon as you touch down even at the airport you get off the plane you're walking around like there's i don't know what it is it's just vibes in the air i guess but you immediately feel like is this place welcoming or not um maybe it takes a little bit more time to find that out but 
yeah, like places like, you know, landing in Portugal or Spain for me, I, I instantly feel just relaxed and at ease and I feel welcomed. You know, I think one of my, one of the places, and this is a very touristy place and that's Paris. I don't like Paris. I've been there uh, a couple times and I didn't like it at all. Um, some parts of it were great and you know, it's a really, there's lots of cool stuff to see things of that sort, but that's like my least favorite city is Paris. But, um, but yeah, you just kind of get a feeling as soon as you land in a place and you're like, okay, this just feels comfortable. It feels easy. And then other places you land, you're like, man, I, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like it here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I think that's maybe why I love Chiang Mai so much is every time I go back and especially if you're flying into Chiang Mai airport, it's so easy. Like you'll, mm-hmm. you'll, you know, get off the plane, go through security, you know, go through immigration, get your bag. And I remember tweeting or just, you know, even calling a friend and saying, I landed 25 minutes ago. I've already gone through immigration, got my bag, got money from the ATM, got a local SIM card, and I'm in a taxi and, oh, I'm already here at my my condo because it's like a 10-minute drive away. Oh, wow. Seamless. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like within within like... you know, within, for sure, within the hour, I'll, I'll be unpacked. I'll be downstairs getting a massage, you know, a block away and then having amazing Thai food for like four, you know, three, four bucks. And I'm thinking every time I go back to Shanghai, I have that same feeling. And I think that's why I've been back like seven times now. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're a huge fan of Chiang Mai and, um, you know, listening to your podcasts over the years. I mean, I know there's a huge uh, digital nomad community there, of course. So that's one place. It's definitely at the top of my list to go to as well. It's a shame because I've been to Thailand twice and I've never gone to Chiang Mai. I just never, never even thought about it. So um, or, or to even make my way up north to Chiang Mai. So I would love to get up there for sure because it, it just sounds magical. You know, Bangkok, I do like, but it's, it can be a little stressful and the traffic is horrible, as you do know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I would definitely like to get up to Chiang Mai for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think that's actually what makes Chiang Mai as good, good as it is, is the fact that 90% of tourists don't make it there, especially not on their first trip. So by the time someone really makes it there, they're either like a really long-term kind of slow traveler or a digital nomad. Or something drew them to it, you know, that they just really took the time maybe to even go back to Thailand for the second or third time just to make it there. So the locals know that the people that are, you know, the tourists that are in Chiang Mai are pretty well traveled. They've seen the rest of Thailand. They're not going to act like drunken fools. There's not really like a big draw there. Like there's no big party scene. There's no like, you know, there's not really a big reason to go. So when you go, it's you're meant to be there. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's like you're on a, you, you definitely know what you want. You want to buckle down, get some work done and, and just kind of relax and chill. So I definitely get that for sure. But yeah. yeah, with you, with you being, I mean, Johnny, you've been to so many places around the world. I mean, what, I mean, this might be pre- premature to ask you, but what does the future look like for you? Are, do you think that you're going to settle down in one country? I mean, I'm sure you've been asked this plenty of times, but wh- where do you kind of see yourself? Do you see yourself settling down somewhere for good or, you know, what, what's kind of your path there? Yeah. So the plan uh, for the last couple of years has been to slow it down a bit. And ideally no. I would do, you know, three months in each location. So, you know, Right. Whether that that be like three months in Chiang Mai, three months on the, the islands of Thailand, three months in 
you know, somewhere in Europe, maybe Ukraine or Lisbon, and then maybe, you know, three months in somewhere else, maybe whether it be Mexico or uh, Sri Lanka even. I think that's the, mm-hmm. the ideal kind of life situation for me is not to move too quickly, but to move every three or four months or so before I get kind of too buckled down or start accumulating things. Because uh, for me, right. like by, by me living you know, pretty minim- minimalistically, it forces me just not to buy too much stuff. <laughs> and it's so oh, yeah. hard to explain until you start doing it. But once you start not owning anything, you feel so free. Like I... I was in uh, Colombo for the last month, the, the capital city of Sri Lanka, and I was staying at this, like, basically like a four-star hotel with a beautiful, like, rooftop pool, gym, getting room service, and really enjoying that kind of city life, having nice restaurants. And then we decided, hey, let's, let's book out an Airbnb or this cottage in uh, Nora Elia, which is the hill countryside of Sri Lanka, where it's freezing here. It's like 53 <laughs> degrees, which is like 17 Celsius or I don't know, I guess about 12 Celsius. So it gets down to like 50 degrees, you know, um, Fahrenheit. And I had no warm clothes. I went to Decathlon, which is this like, you know, sporting goods store. And mm-hmm. I bought a fleece kind of pullover jumper. I bought some sweatpants and I was like, all right, I'm going to wear this for two, <laughs> I'm gonna wear it for two weeks and I'm just going to give it away or I'm just going to leave it somewhere. And yeah. it only ended up costing me like, I think it was like 10 bucks for the pullover and like five bucks for the sweatpants. Mm-hmm. And to me, like not needing to own a bunch of stuff and just being able to like buy and just use things when I need it and leave it. It's such a nice feeling. It's, it's hard to explain, but it's, I, at, at least for the f- foreseeable future, I really would like to be able to be in a position where I can afford to you know, rent like a comfortable place for, you know, one, two, three mm-hmm. months at a time and feel at home and be able to buy some things that I need to feel at, at home, but not have to deal with any of the responsibilities of, you know, maintenance or, you know, uh, or the shopping or kind of, you know, fixing things up or the renovations or property taxes or paying bills or any of that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. That the slow travel route is, that's such a good route and, and being a minimalist, I am myself to that way. I've never, you know, my girlfriend would tell you that I don't really own much. You know, I, I have maybe four shirts, a couple pairs of pants, two pairs of shoes. Like I just, I don't like collecting stuff. And once again, I either give it away or donate it. Um, I remember I, the first international place I ever went to was Istanbul, Turkey. Um, this was back in February, 2015. And I had bought this really nice coat there. And I remember a couple years later, um, I had gone to Mexico and uh, I had my coat with me. And I remember I just, I gave it to somebody at the hostel. Um, I just said, here, take this. You know, the coat was like, well, when I bought it, it was like 40 bucks, but it was a really nice coat. And I gave it to somebody. I said, here, take this. I don't need it. Um, you know, my backpack was kind of full already, but I, and you talked about this too, where you kind of randomly give things to people who need it. And that is a good feeling. Like you don't always need to carry everything with you. And it is a huge weight off your shoulders when you just don't own a lot of stuff. Cause it's the old saying, you know, if you own a lot of stuff, it eventually owns you. And, you know, having that minimalist lifestyle, it really is freeing. So I, I definitely understand that for sure. You know, like you talked about this idea of slow travel. Um, when I was, when I first started traveling, I, I wanted to try to hit up, I was one of those people, Hey, I got two weeks off. Let's visit 10 countries. Let's get it done, <laughs> which is 
fucking insane. You know, never do that. Anybody listening, never, never take that route. You know, maybe just stick with one or two countries. But um, yeah, this idea of slower travel. And now that I'm getting older, you know, I'll be 38 next month. And um, my girlfriend and I talk about it, you know, going to Europe. And like I said, I get four or five months off a year if I want to. So, you know, we're talking about just going to someplace and just relaxing, you know, maybe staying in one place for a whole month and just, you know, renting an apartment and, and just, you know, just chilling and, and not really bouncing around too much. So yeah, your idea of slow travel, it, that's, that's huge for sure. Yeah. And, and you're in such a good position to do it too. I, I would absolutely take those five months off a year, you know, maybe spend two or three months in Lisbon, two or three months in Tbilisi, renting a nice apartment, you know, your girlfriend can continue to work remotely. You know, you can work on your dropshipping store, have the money from that, but also just have so much time to explore the city and, you know, just hang out and just like really get to know a country and a culture much deeper than a typical tourist would. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I think, yeah, I think the slow travel route for me at this point in my life is definitely the way to go. So, um, but I was going to ask you though, the situation in, Sri Lanka, are they opening up to tourists? Are they talking about it? What's kind of that situation? Yeah, they were supposed to open a few times. I think it's going to get pushed back to 2021. I, I think a lot of countries are going to get pushed oh. back until 20, 2021. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because yeah. even Europe, like I... I know Europe is off limits for Americans and we have, we have a trip planned. It's probably, I think it's 10 or 11 of us going to Ireland in March and we already bought our tickets and everything. We, we bought these what few months ago, but we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed that they've actually kind of sort of canceled our trip, but they rerouted us into another city. So we're keeping our fingers crossed, but I, I hope that trip does not get canceled because it would be great to, go up there with all of our friends. And um, I, I know you've done Ireland and you, was it the Wicklow way? Did you guys, did you and Sam Marks walk that or? Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think out of all the things I've done, that has been one of the most beautiful, you know, weeks of my life. Oh yeah, yeah. And if anybody's listening, yeah, go back to listen to that podcast. I listened to it like 10 times. Yeah, that man, you, it sounded amazing. But yeah, your your detail as far as, you doing that journey and, and how exhausting it was. <laughs> Even I was sweating when I was listening to it. Like, man, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I made a super kind of long uh, YouTube video where I just, I filmed a few minutes every day and cut, cut the whole week into one like 30 minute clip. I'd highly recommend you guys look for that. Just go on YouTube, look for Johnny FD Ireland or Johnny FD Wicklow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Curtis, it's been super fun. Johnny, can you hear me okay? Yeah. yeah. I, th I think we cut out for a second. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, but, we cut out a few times. So if I was talking over you, I do apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But it's it's been a really, really fun. I can't believe it's been um, – I can't believe you're I – mean, I'm glad you're a real person. I, I, I assume – I always try to assume the best in people. Uh, you know, I think people online, they always kind of – you know, they, th they think everything everything's a scam for some reason. They're like – you know, I think people really thought that, that I was posting under your name <laughs> to inspire people in my free course to continue taking the free course. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, that is bizarre. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah when I saw that, I, you know, of course, yeah, when I saw that comment, I was like, oh, wow, that's odd that they would say that. But no, guys, 
Johnny FD is his own guy. I'm my own guy. So yeah, we're two completely different people, <laughs> as you can tell from this podcast. But yeah, hey, Johnny, I, I do appreciate you having me on. I know, uh, you know, I just want to try to provide as much value as I can to people. And of course, behind the scenes, I'll continue to help people out in, in whatever way I can. So, but yeah, man, I, I do appreciate you having me on. And I've been a huge fan of yours for a long time now. And of course, Danton, shout out to him. But um, yeah, man, you provide so much value, whether it comes to drop shipping, travel, anything of that sort, man, you are at the top of your game. And I really do appreciate it. Yeah. And I appreciate you too, Curtis, because if it you know, wasn't for you, like a lot of people just, they wouldn't, you know, because I mean, I'm still making good sales at the, my partner stores, but I just been too lazy to post screenshots and I kind of feel kind of bad do, being the only one doing it. So I'm really glad you're posting screenshots of your sales, inspiring <laughs> people in the course. If anyone wants to sign up, it's dropshiplab.com. Just enter your email. It's completely free. But, you know, Curtis and I are both members of Anton's course, which is way better, just way more detailed. It does like, you know, over the shoulder screen shares. Anton is just a better mentor than, than I am, to be honest, because he'll actually answer your questions or he'll have his team answer it. Uh, yeah. If you want to sign up, <laughs> I'll have the link to it in the show notes, but uh, my link to it is antonmethod.com. Curtis, man, it's been such a pleasure. I'm, I'm glad uh, you came on the show. I'm glad I got to know you. If people want to you know, follow you or reach out, look at your photos. How do they find you? Uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I post on my Instagram. It's Wayfarer 2.0. So if you want to, you know, find me there, I, that's where I put all my travel stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, you can reach out to me there. So yeah, and like I said, once again, Johnny, thank you so much. This has been awesome, man. It's been such a great time. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing you out there in the world. Hopefully we'll be able to meet one day and, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll buy you dinner. Yeah, I appreciate that. I do like to eat. How, can, can you spell that out? Because I'm, I'm trying to find it on Instagram right now. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's W-A-Y-F-A-R-E-R, the number two, and then period, and then Wayfarer two point. So, you know, there's a, a sun, sunglass brand out there called uh, Wayfarers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm pretty familiar with that, yes. <laughs> yeah, you should get them to sponsor you. So your account is private, so I guess just click uh, follow. Yeah, and- I should. As long as they're a real person, uh, you, you'll, you'll probably set them. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good, my friend. Okay, cool. Curtis, great talking to you. And guys, thanks for listening. Leave a review on iTunes to help more people see the Travel Like a Boss podcast or screenshot this, share it on your Instagram, share it on your Facebook. Tell a friend and we'll see all of you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.